Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning. Scott Luton, Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. As you can see, I'm getting ready to be in a lineup. So, you know, <laughs> six foot two, 170 pounds. Um, what crime would that be, Greg? Would that What crime would that be? Golly, being too lazy, probably. Is there a crime for sloth? There probably uh, should be. Not in supply chain. Uh, can't be found in global supply chain. Um, <laughs> That's true. Greg. I'll tell you, today we have got one of our favorite repeat guests back. Uh, we're going to be featuring a guest that's certainly one of the most influential voices in the retail industry. And Greg, we're going to be talking about how retail supply chain leaders are taking lessons learned from these last few years to really transform their organizations into stronger, more capable, dare I say, more resilient supply chains. There you right? go. Yeah, the R word. Yes, take out fragility. Yeah, and our secret guest uh wait we just announced who it is didn't we on have we let the cat out of the bag i think you did i think you okay. just announced it on on twitter yes <laughs> so but i won't say it here for those who are not twits so tweeters <laughs> sorry you're crying you're well, listening crimes started, man. Building so much going on and there <laughs> has been so much to learn and you know john works with the premier i would argue the premier retail organization in the world to help retailers and their trading partners become so much better. And we're going to talk about an event that is focused on supply chain. So we sure are. Stuff. That's right. And of course, since, since Greg let the cat out of the bag, we are talking about the golden voice of retail. John Gold with National Retail Federation is joining us in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned. <laughs> Greg, we have got, so we're going to say hello to a few folks. Yep. We, well, I see some old favorites in the comments. Some folks we hadn't seen in a while. So we'll Easy. get to that. Let's don't say old. Well, I should say, what, historical? Established. Favorites. Established. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about one quick event here before we get going. So this has been an ongoing initiative uh, that we're very proud to partner with our friends at Vector Global Logistics, uh, Logistics for Ukraine. Uh, so they have been meeting regularly with these working sessions with folks that have vetted needs in Ukraine, Poland, and elsewhere in Europe. And then they also welcome in folks that have resources and uh, by means of getting things across the pond, as well as supplies, vetted needed supplies to donate. So uh, we've already seen several, uh, Greg, several containers make their way across yeah. thanks to the good work here. So if you're so inclined, and even if you're not in position to give and donate and help out, come join for the market intel and a better understanding of what's taking place Tuesday, June 7th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And the link to join is in the comments. Greg, comment there on what's going on with our friends. Champions of Humanity, Vector Global Logistics, right? So uh, they won the Skippy, the Supply Chain and Procurement Award, Global Supply Chain and Procurement Award for that. And it's just part of their culture. It's great that they're doing it, but as important is the impact and coordination they have with people on the ground in Europe to really convert all this activity into real, real action. I mean, they are really moving goods to those in need. So well said, well said, uh, you're well, making an adjustment or two, are you? 
Goodness. I, as if I didn't have an... It, yeah. Sorry. Hold on just a second, Scott. <laughs> hey, these things happen. No light. Yeah, I'm sorry. Some, it's anyway. okay. These things happen. A little technical uh, difficulty while on the road here. We need those multicolored I bars. in the dark, I think. Right? <laughs> Wait, boring, good, but... the good news here is regardless of whether we've got good light on Greg White or not, we've got a great guest joining us in just a second. But let's say hello to let's a few folks. The focus and the light on him. That's right. Right? That, how'd you know? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Catherine Hintz and Chantel and Amanda behind the scenes, a production team helping make it happen. Big thanks to all what all y'all do there. Vamsi, Vamsi, perhaps. Uh, let me know. Uh, we'll make sure we get everyone's name right. Tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Greg, who's this guy? Holy mackerel. It's okay. What? Oh, gosh. Kevin, you're going to have to say it. But yeah, it's... it's possible to take advantage of an opportunity without being opportunistic. Yes, that's that right. to that effect. So never Kevin, forget it. Never, <laughs> ever forget it. Kevin Bell was one of our earliest live stream guests for what feels like seven years ago, but uh, Kevin's doing great legal work in the supply chain and other fields and great to have you back. Uh, what yeah. a great guy. Hey, Grayson Gilbert is tuned in today from Kansas City, Missouri. Super excited to hear about super Super Supply Chain Sustainability. I'll add it in there again. Super Bowl Greg. Supply Chain. Go Chiefs. <laughs> KC Mo. I, yeah, I didn't realize that was an acronym until one of our last conversations with Grayson. Oh, is that right? Okay. I, it's one of those regional things. Okay. Right? Well, Grayson, hope this finds you well, along with the James Webb of Supply Chain is joining us uh, in a week or two. Uh, Brent Coleman is tuned in via LinkedIn. Brent, Welcome. Let us know where you're tuned in from. We love to make those connections. God, man, I'm trying to keep up with all these comments here. Jonathan, Jonathan Wolschlager, Wolschlager, Schlager. Schlager. Good morning from New Jersey. Well, via I mean, everybody gets to pronounce their name any way they want once they come to America, but Schlager <laughs> would have been true. the traditional way. Yeah. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. Great to have you. Of course, Tim Ingram. Let's Tim it up. Tim is with us here today. Love the good work Tim does across wow. industry. Derek Bird tuned in from Detroit, home of the Tigers and the Lions. And who's the hockey team up there? Uh, Red, Red Wings. Wings. Yes. And Tony Sharota with RLA. <laughs> so uh, That's right. And Kid Derek. Rock and Bob Seeger and <laughs> a great city. Marvin uh, Gay. Really from Detroit. Great Marvin Gay. Well, Derek, thank you for joining us here. Victor Prada is back with us. He's joined us in previous live streams from Every Dublin. Every time he joins us, I just I think, you know. Good things. What is, what is, I, th I think of like fashion. I always think of fashion when Victor Prada. <laughs> Great to see you, Victor. Jeffrey tuned in from Atlanta, hometown, uh, and DFM data. Good stuff there. Doing some great things across industry. Great to see you, Jeffrey. And Issa Deke. If, I hope I got that right. If I didn't, let us know. We want to get everything right. Hello from Dakar, and he's tuned in via LinkedIn. Great to see you. Yeah, Thanks glad so to much. have you. Okay. So with no further ado, uh, Greg, we've mentioned the outstanding guests we've got here. Let's bring in our featured guest, John Gold, Vice President, Supply Chain and Customs Policy at the National Retail Federation. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, guys, good. How are you? Good to see you. We are doing wonderful. We're doing so much better that, that you know, we had a, a seemed like a smattering, Greg, where we had probably three... Uh, John Gold appeared with us three or four times in the span of a year and some change, and it's been too long. So it's great to have John I, back, isn't it? I was stunned as you guys were talking about that before we came on about how long it has been. It 
one doesn't seem like it, but then what does seem like it? And two, yeah, it's good to have you back. Thanks. Yeah, the, the days are all blending together right now. So I'm, I'm, I think we've all lost track of how we've been, you know, I, yeah, I don't even know what day anymore. Yeah. By the well, way, when you, when, when you guys were doing your intro, when you talked about, you know, Greg, you're getting ready for a lineup, you know, 6-2, I'm thinking first thing flashed in my head was Fletch and Chevy Chase, you know, getting ready to take the court, 6-2, 6-8 with the hair. So I, that's right. I first thing that popped in my head. I love it. I love it. John, we, we, all right, next time John appears with us, he's got to come live with us. We can't let him wait in the wings for too long. That, that would have been a great reference. But, John, great to see you here. And I should uh, give a shout-out. Hey, uh, Helmet, great to see you here. We've enjoyed our, our social back and forth, and thanks for joining uh, our live with John Gold. Okay, so we're going to start with the heavy-hitting stuff, aren't we, Greg White? Yes, sir. The really important things, with what we always open – a supply chain now show with is usually something about food or drink, right? <laughs> why not? So, why not? That's right, John. I'm with you. Why yeah. not? Life's too I'm, short. Well, I mean, think about it. What is more important for the supply chain to move than food <laughs> and drink? Uh, let's let's stay on the food side today. I think we may have gone on the drink side earlier this week, but today I, I, there is a day for everything. Today is National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. Now, I don't know if that's your favorite. I'm curious what your favorite is, but you're from New York, so you've got to love cheesecake. So what is your favorite and where do you get it? I, I am a traditionalist when it comes to cheesecake. So just give me a plain old piece of cheesecake, nothing on it, maybe a little dab of whipped cream, you know, maybe a strawberry on the side. But, you know, I'm a traditionalist. Uh, I don't need anything else in there. And I think any good Italian restaurant, you're going to get a good good piece of cheesecake as long as it's homemade. It's true. Hey, and wow, you know, there's so many ways to make it. Some people make the big fluffy stuff, and some make the really, really kind of. I want dense. it thick. I want it dense. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> big time. Yeah, you have to chew it. Mm -hmm. All right, Scott. So <laughs> we've heard from the from the top expert, but also I know you love you love a little bit of dessert. So tell me. Where, hey, where hey, do you get your cheesecake? Don't out me, Greg. Yes, I, I do love a good dessert. And I'm not a trad traditionalist, although I love a good homemade whipped cream and plain cheesecake. I'll, I'll go with that. But hey, a man that's really upped her game and she makes a wonderful Oreo cheesecake that our kids ask for very regularly. And uh, that's probably, you know, if I had to pick one, really anything Oreos. I mean, who are we kidding here? Anything Oreos, <laughs> Oreo cheesecake would be mine from one Amanda Luton. Oh, Wow. He's really kissing you? up, John. Um, <laughs> I know he's, he's getting an extra piece of cheesecake tonight. <laughs> I, right. I, as long as it's dense, um, I don't care if it has to toppings. I prefer not if it has toppings, not too much. I don't like it when it's like covered in sauce and that sort of thing. Don't okay. care if it has toppings, doesn't have toppings. It's cheesecake. It's practically the greatest food in the world. So. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, so we got two traditionalists and one intelligent cheesecake eater that likes Oreo. I'm just kidding, just kidding. But hey, Greg, beyond food, so I think we could probably talk cheesecake for the whole hour. We could probably talk John's Miami Dolphins, not so much as New York Mets because as a Braves fan, I, I, I yeah, got a Scott, weak stomach I, there. I could see that was hurting you in the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> so, But where are we starting as we shift gears to the glorious world of supply chain, the good work NRF and John's doing? Where are we going next with John? Well, I mean, the pressures that have been on supply chain and particularly in retail, NRF's clientele, have been in the forefront for two years plus now. So 
I'm, I'm just curious, you guys, you've got this new event we're going to talk about later, but and, and you drive so much of the innovation and change and communication and collaboration in the industry. I'm curious kind of what role you all have taken over the last couple of years as this has really impacted a lot of, of the retailers globally, of course, but certainly in, you know, in your constituency. Yeah, thanks, Rick. I mean, I think, you know, our, our role in, in chief is to be an advocate for our members, but also to, to bring our members together to talk through the challenges they're facing and try and come up with some solutions or offer the ability to have solutions, offer the ability for our members to talk to each other about what they're doing, what's working, what's not, benchmark and collaborate. I think that's where kind of we play our, our greatest strength is the ability to bring our members together and have those conversations, you know, whether it's talking within the industry itself on what retailers can be doing better trying to bring other of our providers in to have conversations, to have conversations directly with the ports to talk about the challenges that retailers are facing. How do we work together to address those? And then looking at how are we working with the, you know, our, our elected officials. So can you talk about the challenges that we're facing and what can be done in Congress or be done by the administration? Uh, you know, there's not a lot they can do, but at least understand what's at stake and what's happening and how they need to continue to keep the pressure on, you know, the key sectors to continue to work through the challenges and, you know, act as an honest broker to address these issues. I mean, look, the, there have been supply chain challenges forever, but I think it's been further exacerbated in the past couple of years. You know, we've always seen disruptions happen in the supply chain and we'll get together and say, let's fix it. Let's fix it. We'll have conversations and then nothing ever happens because say, oh, everything's back to normal. We're good to go. Uh, we can't do that anymore. I mean, everybody, the favorite question is, you know, when are we going to get back to normal? There is no new normal. There is no going back to normal. We've got right. to look forward at the new normal and, you know, talk about the big R that you were talking about, resiliency. How do you build a more resilient supply chain going forwards? Because we're going to have further disruptions. So what do we need to do to further protect the supply chain from, from start to finish? And I think that's where a lot of the focus needs to be right now is looking at, you know, for the retailer, looking at your supply chain as a whole and figuring out the holistic view is, you know, are we aligned internally and externally with our partners to make sure we're, we're, we're doing the right thing? I think the thing that has changed, John, is not the disruption. Of course, the disruption of COVID was unforeseeable and, you know, and, and long lasting and it exposed a lot of things. But I think that mm -hmm. the, the exposure is in and of itself the thing that means we'll never go back to supply chain right. for good and for challenge. You know, there's no more hiding in the shadows, right? Nobody goes, what's supply chain? And, and yet we now have this this seat at the table, but it comes with an obligation when companies, public companies are talking about supply chain in the same breath. And even in some cases in greater volume than they're talking about sales and marketing and profit, then you know that, that the lid is off, if you will. And that's the part that will never go back to normal. That's right. right. No, yeah, I completely agree. I think the, the issue is that, you know, it's not just retailers talking about it, but it's everybody who's talking about it. It's right. the, you know, importers, manufacturers, ag. This is consumers. having an impact on every and consumers. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's the consumer that's impacted the most right. um, by just whether it's the availability of the product or the cost of the product, because all the different elements of the supply chain have increased and caused, right. you know, some of the inflation we're seeing today is because of the challenges we're facing in the supply chain. Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, the White House, of course, has mentioned the word supply chain more more in the last couple of years than ever before. That's a huge sign. But, you know, going back to the role, 
Whenever politicians get involved, I get scared, but but I have I mean, faith the, that John will keep them under control. I mean, to, to that degree, I mean, when have you ever had, heard a president mention supply chain during his State of the Union? Right. And and these are, these are kidding aside to Greg's point, these are good things. It's good for industry, right? It creates more awareness. It's going to help with the talent pipeline. It's going to help fuel real innovation, find more resources to, to address some of the old new challenges. And all of that takes... One of the roles that I heard John uh, Greg or that I heard John Gold uh, address with what the great work NRF's doing is someone's got to fuel this dialogue, right? Blessed are, are those that can help facilitate the dialogue amongst all the different stakeholders that are involved in global supply chain to drive the industry forward. You know, having the tough conversations, you know, someone's got to take that role. And I really appreciate what you, John, and the inner, your NRF colleagues are doing yeah. in that regard. And, and then we're going to touch on one of the ways you're doing that on kind of the second half of the show with new events, but appreciate what you do. Um, Thank Greg, you. To the point of, of government's involvement, I think, John, you described it in the most effective way, an enabler, right, uh, underpinnings and an honest broker of those discussions and that sort of thing. And as long as we can keep it apolitical, right? Where it doesn't become one of those things where we try to gain favor by, by promising or even stating or overstating our knowledge as a politician of, of these things, then I think that is precisely the role that government should be playing in supply chain. So I appreciate mm -hmm. that perspective. Cause that, yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's say. no, yeah, I mean, there's no silver bullet to, to address all the supply chain challenges that we're facing right now, but there certainly are some things on on the margins that we can be doing better, that we need to be yeah. doing better. And I think there's you know some legislation in Congress right now that we've been supporting that we think is is a good first step, the Ocean Shipping Reform Act, you know, giving the FMC some additional authorities to address things like detention demurrage, which is costing not just my members, but other stakeholders millions and millions of dollars for issues that are beyond their control. I mean, if they can't right. move a container, why are they going to get charged a fee when it's not their fault? Right. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So, that, that is patently unfair. I think everyone, well, everyone who doesn't have a stake in the other side of the transaction can agree on that. Right. So we're going to get into more uh, topics like that in just a moment, but I, Hey, really quick. I want to share a couple of quick comments here from our, our folks in cheap seats. Jonathan, going back to cheesecake, which reminds me, Greg, we didn't get your favorite cheesecake, but Jonathan says best cheesecake is from Eileen's special cheesecake in New York City. It is amazing. So, hey, you got to prove it with samples, Jonathan. You got to email us some samples of Eileen's special cheesecake. Nasser is tuned in via LinkedIn. Nasser, great to see you. Let us know where you're tuned in from. And as we were kind of spilling over into global supply chain, Tim says placing too much dependency on foreign markets. I'm not saying eliminate. There's a ton of room for improvement. Alternative markets need to be investigated. A great point there, Tim. Okay, that's going to be a great segue. Yeah, it's a great segue. And because, John, we want to pick your brain on some of the things as we were talking really through the first part of the show here to deal with current pressures, new things that we expect around the corner and a lot more, and to be better poised to handle those things coming at us, that future disruption coming at us around the corner. You know, what are some of the things you've seen retailers do to create more resiliency, more sustainability, and, and more supply chains embody uh, uh, elements like that? What are, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the past couple of years, you've seen more of a focus on supply chain from the C-suite than we've ever seen before. So there's a lot of pressure on, on the supply chain. I think first <laughs> and foremost, it's you know making sure you've got your, your ducks in a row internally, where you know previously you didn't really have that. You didn't have all the the folks who touch supply chain 
really talking to each other and understanding kind of what, what the game plan was going to be. So from sourcing, legal, compliance, transportation, supply chain, warehousing, you know, all the way through marketing, make sure everybody knows kind of what's happening, what's at stake and where, where things are, are, are going. But trying to take a more holistic view of your supply chain as well and understand where the, where the pain points are and where you can try to, I don't want to say eliminate, but maybe smooth some of those out. Mm. So, you know, to Tim's point on, you know, too much dependency in foreign markets, I think certainly even prior to COVID, you know, retailers were looking at, at diversifying their supply chains and not relying solely on, on China. You know, that started with the prior administration with the Trump tariffs when companies were looking to, to shift out and look away from China and look elsewhere. It's a challenge because nobody has the capacity that China has. Right. And some specialty. So it takes time. It's not something it's hard to come up. Yeah, I mean, it takes time to further develop those those markets. You can't do it overnight. It takes months, if not years, to develop that. And you know, you've got to go out and and verify your new vendor is who they say they are. They can make what they say they can make. They can meet your specifications, but also meet any of the U.S. government required testing for product safety and things like that. And obviously the challenge we've had throughout COVID, at least on the early part, was everything was shut down. You couldn't go out and do, you know, travel on a global basis and go out and do those things. I mean, you can only do so much via Zoom and Teams and, right. and live stream. So you've actually got to go out and actually physically see these things and do the testing. So that's certainly something we want to see improved and certainly want to see more markets get opened up and and folks be able to shift. Uh, you know, a lot of folks say, well, why can't you just bring everything back? I mean, you can't. I mean, unfortunately, you can bring some stuff back. I mean, look, we've got a huge labor problem right now with what we have. You can't fill the jobs that we have. So there, there are challenges. But I think retailers are looking at that. The other part of it, too, is looking in at your your vendors and providers, making sure that your transportation provider, your vendors can meet what your requirements are, that you have a game plan going forwards, not just on being able to deliver the goods you need, but looking at the, all those other pressures you have on, you know, ESG, make sure you're meeting the sust sustainability requirements that are now coming down the pike, making sure that your supply chains are free from forced labor. I mean, right. all these different pressures now that you're facing that everybody has to have alignment on is really important. So, you know, having those policies in place, but also looking at, you know, what technologies are out there to help you to achieve that. Not only with just the internal and external communication, better visibility throughout the system so you have a i want to say you know an early warning system but you understand kind of what's happening at any point in the supply chain so you can course correct if if needed so if i can weigh in really quick john uh, uh greg i don't know if you've been keeping count but i think john just shared about 27 aspects that <laughs> modern the nature current, of supply chain right really i mean john Very you complex. just gave yeah a master list uh, of, of things that successful forward-looking supply chain leaders are doing uh, Greg, out of what he just shared, I've got a couple of favorites on my end, but what are a couple of things that, that our audience maybe should, should key in on based on what he's already shared? Well, I think transparency is critical um, to, to understand all these things or at least have eyes on them or to understand the potential risk and opportunity in these, as these various aspects of supply chain are absolutely critical because every single one of them has the butterfly effect. It has the ability to impact that which could impact something else and, you know, and affect your resiliency. So to me, that level of transparency is critical because if you think about it, the consumer has more transparency to their shipments 
from their retailers than many of those retailers have from their shipments from their own suppliers, right? I mean, I can I can look at, depending who the, deli- the delivering carrier is, I can look at where my driver is, what their last stop was, what their next stop is going to be, and an estimation of the time of day that UPS or Amazon or USPS or whomever is going to deliver the goods. And I can also see when I buy as a consumer from my vendor, the retailer, whether they've got it on hand and, right. and, and if they don't have it on hand, when they'll, they will have it in stock again. So that kind of transparency is certainly available and, and, you know, we certainly need to take advantage of that. Yep. And Greg, I mean, to, to your point, you know, everybody kind of looks at that, you know, the, the, you know, I can track my shipment on UPS, FedEx, Amazon. I think it's a little bit different because those are kind of closed loop systems. Yep. So they've got more control over once they have the product and they're moving it. It's everything that happens in advance of that, that we've got to figure out how to get more visibility and to understand when you can actually get that good to purchase it. Yeah, uh, I guess. I, yeah, and I agree. I know that's incredibly complex. I think the fact is, John, though, that the consumer doesn't care. They don't care <laughs> that it's more complex for for those of us in in the craft, right? They see it. It's simple, and you know we're at we are to a large extent because we asked for this this awareness. We are at the mercy of the greatest expectations. So. We now have the largest constituency as supply chain professionals that we've ever had, and they know of us now. Right, <laughs> the victim so of our we're own stuck. success. Right, we're stuck. Whether it's difficult or impossible mm-hmm. or unreasonable, doesn't even matter anymore. We have to make it happen. Right, so, I completely agree. Yeah, uh, a couple quick thoughts. Where's my stuff, Greg? That's the mantra. Yeah. That, that's right. the mantra. And then a tweak on that. As uh, Jenny Froom and I were sitting down with a supply chain leader from a, a well-known big-time CPG brand. He said he and his team are always asking themselves, is it on the shelf? Is it on the shelf? And I love that little twist on, on that, that mantra we've been talking about. Um, the other thing I want to point out that, that John and, and also Greg, you're both speaking to, you know, it's no longer and it, for, for months, if not years, it's no longer been about, yes, do we need visibility? It's it, The question is, what technology, who do I work with, and how do I make it happen? And that's what I heard mm-hmm. John and you both speaking to there yeah, on that, no doubt. that last I mean, part. It, there's no way to there's no way to deny that it is tough to virtually impossible at this point. And and John, to your point, great point. These closed loop systems have created this expectation that now those of us, you know, those practitioners that are out there who aren't in closed loop systems uh, and in fact are working in an incredible network, web, whatever you want to call it, of sources and and service providers and transportation networks and all of these sorts of things. They're stuck, right? Yeah. They, they really have to do it, whether they want to or not, because that's become the great expectation. And, and I think, don't, and I think you, expectation- don't you sometimes wish we could just kind of go back into our dark hole and, <laughs> and have people walk away from you at, at dinner parties when you say I'm in supply chain? <laughs> and I think, Greg, on top of the expectation, at least on some, is that you, I guess as the retailer, have visibility all the way back through your supply chain to where the you know the the, the resources came from right the raw so materials where the resources the raw materials came from which if you're not a manufacturer you don't have that visibility but now you're expected to know that so you know many retailers now are trying to figure out how do I go back to beyond tier one tier two tier three how do I get back to you know tier six tier seven when it's right. very difficult to do right so that, that traceability that's right you know yeah. one of the things when well, I was in middle stamping 
Oh, sorry, sorry, Scott. When I had, when I was in metal stamping, we had uh, a bad batch of parts, and we had a very manual system. And you want to talk about how painful it was. And, and I was chosen to be the one to go back and trace it, make sure we get all the bad parts out of that, you know, off to the side and quarantined. And man, it was it was a it was moving mountains. And nowadays, mm -hmm. with modern day met technology and blockchain and many other revelations, I mean, it 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 is going to be the the amount of traceability is going to be transformational, and it's going to allow the industry. To, to attack things like you said earlier, John, you know, we got, we got to make sure that, you know, these are ethically sourced raw materials, you know, that, that it's not, there's no forced labor involved and, and that that technology right. and, and now that commonplace visibility is going to allow supply chain leaders to do just that. Greg, you're going to add, you were going to add one more comment. Well, to that point, it's going to come down to the fact that we are going to discover the places wherein there is intentional obfuscation, right? Mm -hmm. Where companies intentionally mislead their retailers or or raw materials recipients and things like that about how goods are sourced or about how products are produced and that sort of thing but there there is a way to create that transparency that actually forces companies to reveal themselves as bad actors mm. right we don't assume ethicality we make them prove ethicality and and if we do that then then we'll have that 6 7 layers of of uh, visibility right or at least we'll know who appears shady and who is clearly not yeah and, and i mean companies are looking at those different technologies now um you know unfortunately there's no one single technology solution that's gonna that's gonna fix that there are different elements of that and again depends upon you know what industry you're in you know what works for for cotton might not work for solar and mm -hmm. obviously so Excellent point. I think companies are trying to, trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, excellent Nothing point. will ever work for diamonds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that is such a monopoly yeah. that that will always be difficult. So really quick, I want to take a couple of quick comments. And then, John, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of finish out your thoughts in terms of what you're seeing and what, what are some of the things you, that, that we need to see that you'd like to see. And then we're going to talk about Supply Chain 360, which is a really cool event, which really is going to be filled of these conversations that industry mm -hmm. must be having. All right, really quick, T-Squared, who holds down the Fort Force on YouTube. T-Squared, please tell me that we've gotten that gift to you. Uh, he had that trivia question not too long ago on a live stream a couple weeks ago. So, so confirm that. And if right. not, we'll fix it. T-Square says, with the pandemic progressing, with the four types of supply chain in theory, uh, I'm really surprised that risky hedging strategy isn't the prevalent approach taken now more than ever. Interesting thoughts there from T-Squared. Ahmad? Surprised and disappointed in some cases, T. <laughs> <laughs> Ahmad, great to see you here via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Peter, you know, we'll check on the LinkedIn thing. Uh, LinkedIn can be kind of a tricky platform from time to time, but a lot of folks are logged in now. But Amanda... Chantel, uh, Chantel and, and Catherine, y'all check on that. Because... I'm sure we've already made the call. Yes. We, we, have a, we have a direct line to whoever handles that. And <laughs> LinkedIn, right. it happens so often. It's in a red phone on the cheesecake container back over my left shoulder, uh, John, the direct line to the bosses at, at StreamYard. And Tim says consumers don't know the difference between closed loop to open. Right. Excellent and don't point. need to. That's right. Okay. So, John, we're uh, having a wide-ranging conversation here, and I really appreciate your perspective. That's the nature of what you do and, and who you represent and, and the solutions you are helping to facilitate. What else? Before we move on to the event we got coming up in June that, that promises to be a great one, what else would you add as you look to put a period on this segment? What else would you like to see? 
I mean, I think in general, I mean, the technology issue is something retailers continue to, to work through. The technology through the supply chain, I mean, the, the pandemic really did force a lot of retailers to, to shift and move up technology investments that they, you know, had on the books for later on. When you look at things like, uh, you know, curbside pickup, buy online, pick up in store, going to more automated warehousing. I mean, all of that now is is front of line for, for where retailers are making their investments to address you know, the ongoing shortcomings that they're seeing right now and the challenges they face. So you've certainly seen a lot of the IT investment over the past couple of years where, again, that hadn't been on the books, but had to get moved very quickly in order to respond to make sure that you're, you're doing things in the right way. Greg, talk technology for a second as we as your final thought here. Well, it's critical not only to facilitating the sale, but also mm-hmm. all of this transparency that we've talked about. I mean, we need those data connections and look, I don't think, I hope we don't still have to say this, John, and you probably hear from your constituency more, but if you haven't got technology until now, do it soon. Because I mean, you're either, you're either going to run with the pack or you're going to get run over. And, Mm. and it's as simple as that. You, you cannot, especially because the supply chain is now in the forefront of everyone's mind. You cannot try to do this manually. You are not better than the technology. You might be for a handful of items that you know really well and probably are mathematically, frankly, I used to be this person, by the way, are mathematically easy for even technology to handle. But if you need to handle them, that's good because you can do very little damage with fast moving goods. But but there is so much that is required for you to plan for and preempt and adapt to and respond rapidly and then subsequently change your process to support the future that you just simply can't do that as a human being. And there is, there is technology and intellect out there. Plus the connectivity between enterprises is solely at the realm of technology. Mm. This, this is why you need sort of strong partnership between your CIO and your CSO, your you know, chief supply chain officer. They need to be you know, in lockstep going forwards. Yeah. Excellent. No point. Doubt. Excellent. And I'll bring, I'll bring the CFO as part of that as well. Make sure they're all aligned because that's, that's how you're getting right. through. Yeah, they, they got the money. They got the money. So, all right. So let's switch gears. There's so much to tackle. And we, we've got John for an hour. And I want to first off, let's let me share the news about the event, right? Because this is NRF Supply Chain 360. It's the first event of its kind. June for NRF, June 20 through 21st uh, this year, right around the corner. In the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Cleveland, Ohio, the home of the Dog Pound, the home of Drew Carey. Drew Carey, that's right. Paul Clinton Noble. Uh, <laughs> the Guardians now. That's right. The Guardians now. Yeah, that's right. The Cleveland Guardians <laughs> for Major League Baseball. But check it out. We've got the link we're dropping in the comments here. And uh, But, John, talk to us. Let's start with the why first. Because, you know, everyone knows the big show at NRF, which has been around for over 100 years as, as we were documenting its history. All the other events, virtual and in-person, that NRF's up to. But tell us about why did y'all create Supply Chain 360? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with all the attention on the supply chain, we've had supply chain tied to the big show the past couple of years. Obviously, with the, you know, being virtual made it a little more difficult. But, you know, we had a, a, a you know, a half-day seminar that we do on the back end of, of uh, the big show. Um, we've done other other events and thought it was time to, to launch an actual, you know, in-person event dedicated to supply chain, you know, because one of the, the things that we do is our networking and education. 
and thought this is the best way to do that. And with all the challenges that our members are facing right now, we thought the best way to do this was with an, an in-person event. And where they focus really on kind of the key supply chain issues that we're seeing right now, that's you know operational, IT, and sustainability. And you really need kind of all three to work together these days. It's you know they're not siloed anymore. They really are. You know when you think about the supply chain, it's all three of those make up what you need to do. They're so interrelated. Mm-hmm. So as we looked at putting this together, that's how we kind of thought about the programming to make sure that they're all kind of interconnected and kind of interweaved together with those those topics and content. So uh, we're excited, you know, first time out doing uh, an event like this and uh, you know, look forward to, to you, thank you guys for supporting the event and look forward to seeing everybody in, in Cleveland and, you know, we'll grow it as it, as it goes. But right now with all the challenges that everybody's facing, we think it's important to come together and continue to talk about potential solutions going forwards. It's, you know, part of my thing is, you know, let's stop pointing fingers and sit down and figure out how do we come together and work out real solutions that are going to make change and be lasting change and prepare right. us for whatever is is going to come down down the pike. You know, you've got things like the, you know, the the ever given got stuck in the Suez and then who would ever thought we'd have, you know, a boat stuck outside of Baltimore. You know, those are things you deal with all the time, but addressing things like the the pandemic. You know, nobody would have expected we've been, you know, had the pandemic going on for this long and have this, this much of an impact on the supply chain. So how do we learn from this and, and again, build better supply chains, more sustainable supply chains, more resilient supply chains, and those have to go hand in hand. Excellent point. And Greg, I'm going to get you to weigh in here in a second, but hey, check, y'all check out the link. If you look at the speakers, they've got a lot of the usual suspects. And I use that in a very positive way, you know, the Walmarts, the Best Buys, Walgreens, but then they've got a lot of retail supply chain leaders that maybe uh, don't get the platform as often. And, and that's always where I, f- I find some of the greatest value in these types of events. So I love that. Uh, Greg, as you heard John's why there, uh, and before we kind of ask him, why should folks beyond the obvious reasons uh, join and participate? What'd you hear there, Greg? I think, you know, this is an inter- enterprise, inter-enterprise initiative, right? I mean, the, the supply chain is not your thing. It's not a retailer's thing. It's not a manufacturer's, a brand's, a distributor's. It's not a raw material sourcing provider. It's it's not anybody's thing. It's everybody's thing. And, you know, I think what companies need to come to the realization of is that the supply chain is the business, Right. If you're a retailer, you really only have one job and that's deliver, deliver what your customer wants, right? I mean, you can insert all kinds of qualifiers like on time, in full, at the right place, at the right time, blah, 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 all of that stuff. But it's really as simple as give your customer what they want. Mm. And, and that's true. I mean, if there is a commonality between enterprises as you go through the supply chain, it's true no matter who your customer is, whether they're the consumer or they're the raw materials recipient, or they're the the brand, the manufacturer, the distributor, the retailer, or the consumer. It doesn't matter. They everyone has the same job, and that's the beauty of this because we all have a common why. We all have a common true north, and and yet we all have different and varying economics around that dynamics of the aspect of the supply chain that we operate in. All of uh, you know, all of the you know what is. What is on time in full? I wish Preach. that was as simple as the, <laughs> as the word stated, but people to make themselves feel better bastardize that. Um, and, and, and but but the you know but the real truth is that we we all can benefit from one another. So an event like this, pulling retailers together and their trading partners together into this to talk about those commonalities, how we help one another, how 
transparency and this common goal works to the common good and and the common well-being, right? Everyone does better, everyone operates better, everyone does more and better for the planet, humankind, all of those mm. things by by coming together on these things. And so, I, I think what it will do is it will really highlight who are the the true leaders out there. I'm curious, by the way, and I, I know this isn't a scripted question, but I'm curious, John, if there's any kind of initiative out there, and you don't have to name whoever it is if, unless you want to, but I'm curious if there are initiatives out there that really maybe surprise you with their greatness or, you know, have really stood out to you as, as initiatives that either are or seem like they could be impactful or, or at least uh, innovative. I mean, I think there, there are a couple, I mean, I think right now the focus on digitization and, you know, transparency in the supply chain is, is critical. And we know there are a lot of different, a lot of different initiatives that are happening with that, whether it's, you know, the administration and their, their flow initiative. Right. We've got a coalition that we're working with called Supply Chain Optimization and Resiliency Coalition, where we're working with ASTM to try and set up some data standards to really kind of get a better understanding of the data you need to look at the supply chain. I mean, I continuously joke that we don't have a common definition for a turn time at a port. Mm, Is it okay. from the time the truck gets in line or the time the truck enters the terminal, you know, gate to gate? So I think trying to come together and figure out what are those key data elements you need to get a better visibility and understanding of what's happening in supply chain is, is important. So those are the kinds of things that, you know, folks are, are looking at right now. I mean, obviously, ongoing efforts on, on automation, you know, drone deliveries and things like that. I mean, those are all, you know, incredibly important work that's going on. Right. But I think, again, the, the collaboration with your providers is, is incredibly important. So I think that's really where a lot of the work is happening too, is trying to make sure you've got folks that are willing to, to work with you to address all these issues and work yeah. through them. So, you know, I'm, I'm going down through the speakers list. And y'all, again, y'all can check it out, supplychain360.nrf.com. We were talking earlier, before John joined us, Greg, we talked mm -hmm. about the James Webb of Supply Chain, Caleb Nelson. He's one of their speakers, was sifted on the list. Uh, Shaker Natarajan, who we're, uh, I hope I got that right, He's going to be joining us for our future show. I mean, with American Eagle Outfitters, we've got the uh, Hal Lawton, president and CEO of Tractor Supply Company, one of our favorites around here, Greg. And an outstanding um, supply chain. That I is mean, right. Exemplary Talk supply chain execution in that company. Well, uh, absolutely agreed. And then I would add to that when it comes to hiring and hiring our veterans and, and giving them meaningful work, right? And recognizing the massive pool of supply chain talent that that is. Um, for that. Rednecks. That's what I love about Tractor <laughs> Supply. Have you ever been to one of those stores? Greg John? said that, not me. <laughs> what What was that? Uh, John, I, I'm sure you... We're excited to have Hal kick off the, the event. I think he's going to set a great tone for, you know, looking at supply chain in a holistic manner. And again, how looking at operations, IT, and sustainability all need to work together for the supply chain in the future. Excellent. Excellent point there. So a bevy of speakers. Beyond the speaker component, uh, John... When you, when you think about how y'all have constructed the agenda and the events and how you can you can meet fellow practitioners and leaders and, and really have those meaningful, Greg, as we, you know, we talk about, it, you know, kind of the back of the bar napkin conversations, which, mm -hmm. you know, those simple breaking bread conversations can lead to really powerful eureka moments. Speak about that aspect of the event, John. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, doing the networking throughout the the conference is critical. I mean, we're trying to make sure that the content is is available for everybody. So, you know, certainly encourage those of our uh, supply chain providers that are attending as part of the exhibit hall. You know, they need to be part of the sessions too, because that's where you're going to learn and be able to connect and coordinate with with members. So, you know, there's opportunities through through the exhibit hall, the different events we're doing, and you know, who can pass up a closing party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Man, I don't know, uh, Greg. Who is your favorite enshrinee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? There's so many to choose from, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You seem to have been there to Cleveland. I have not been. I've been to the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville. But, Greg, what would you say? God, it, I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, I, a thousand names are going through my head right now. I'm, well, not a thousand, but <laughs> hundreds of names are going through my head. But Greg's um, a supercomputer, John. He he looks human, but I promise you, he is a supercomputer. I'm a Terminator. <laughs> what, um, gosh, that's a tough call, Scott. Well, hey, I don't give know. it some thought. So if I, I mean, heard I, John, I would probably pick a band. I mean, I don't know if I would say favorite, but one of the probably the best shows you'll ever see is the Stones. So, um, and they're still I mean, touring, I believe. Greg, yes, they are <laughs> still touring. As a matter of fact, a good friend of mine's niece is. Mick it's going to Taylor's daughter. So. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, so, so John, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the road. <laughs> John, I'm gonna put you on the spot as well. Sounds like the the last networking uh, get together of the event is at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is is so cool. It's such a nice wrinkle to the programming. John, who's one of your favorite bands or artists that are enshrined? And oh, hey, right. How about is Tom Petty in there yet? Tom Petty's in there, right? Yeah. I think Petty's in um, yeah. uh, Clapton. Oh, Gary oh Clapton. yeah! Wow, that's a great one. But then I got to, then I got to go. You know, Kiss and, and Beastie Boys. Oh man, just and Greg. Oh, man, Beastie Boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's how Greg. Greg I drinks to his Beastie coffee. Boys. Yeah, I listened to that that kind of old school eighties uh, mm-hmm. rap all the way up from all the way up to Atlanta on my last trip. So, yeah. Well, Peter says Rush. Don't call it Rush. a comeback. <laughs> yeah, of course he would pick the Canadian band, which is exceptional, by the way. Well, <laughs> so uh, Grayson's a big fan of uh, Tractor Supply, of course, from one Kansas guy to another, as uh, Grayson says. But all told, John, outstanding event lined up. Really excited to uh, see how it unfolds. Of course, share the key takeaways. Uh, it's going to be probably 17 pages of notes. Uh, what a great gathering, though, in Cleveland. Let's make sure folks have the logistics again. Again, it's June 20th through 21st. Uh, you can go to the link we've got in the comments to learn more, supplychain360.nrf.com to learn a lot more. And registration is still open, so y'all check that out. John, your last thought about the event, and then let's let's talk football for a second, and then make sure folks know how to connect with you. But last well, thought I mean, about the event. I mean, we're excited about the event, and and look, we know this is a challenging time for for a lot of folks, but we think getting out, getting back in person, making the connections, and and working through these issues is critically important. So you know, again, this is why we're launching the event, provide that opportunity for folks to to come and and learn and talk with your providers, talk with your fellow retailers and benchmark against on what's happening and learn, you know, what's coming next and how do we better prepare for that coming down the pike? You know, we think it's, it's, it's important to do that. And it's something we're going to continue to do, bring our members together, talk about challenges and develop solutions and, you know, make those connections. You know, outstanding. if they're not an, uh, 
a member of NRF, John? The, the event is open for both re for members and non-members for, for retailers. You know, obviously providers, you've, you've got to have to come in through the sponsorship or the exhibit floor, but I think that's that's closed right now. I think we're, we're at our max. But for retailers, both member and non-member, the, the registration is still open. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. You know, I want to go back to something. One of the great things that John pointed out was, you know, the ability to vet vendors, new vendors, search out new members. I think T-Squared said something, or might have been Tim Ingram that said something about that. But you know, th these events like this are great market intel gathering opportunities to, you know, to have a you know, break bread or, or or have a beer or what have you with a potential new supplier or or partner, technology or otherwise. So, reason number one thousand two hundred ninety seven to to take a look at supply chain three sixty. All right, so Greg, I want to give you the final word about the event, and then we got to get a bold prediction from John Gold on the Miami Dolphins season. I got to go. I got to look up who they drafted, but we'll save that for a minute. We're going to get him uh, a bold well, prediction. They got the most valuable player in the NFL. Thanks. You're welcome. John Gold from the chiefs. <laughs> um, so the wide receiver. Hill. Yes, that's Tyree right. Hill. Yeah. So, uh, well, so let's, sorry. John might've been involved bitter, in that John, negotiation. I'm happy for you. One of my best friends is a Miami Dolphins fan. He was ecstatic. He asked if we were insane. And I said, yes, of course. <laughs> so I'm happy for you, but we'll, we'll, let's come back to the Dolphins, Scott. Let me see if yes. I can get back on track now that we've talked about football. But look, the, the in, interaction of human beings between human beings, whether those human beings are retailers, whether they're service providers, whether they are raw materials providers, whether they're technology providers, whether they're members of NRF. I mean, I have been to the big show, frankly, more times than I can count. And every single time I've gone to an NRF event, I've come away with something valuable, a, a new relationship, a new idea, uh, a new perspective, a new client, right? Or a new business partner of some sort. So think about this. It's a great opportunity to get face to face with some of the best retail practitioners in the world, to hear from leaders who are doing it today and, and to, you know, have the chance to sit down, as you said, Scott, and break bread or have a beer or other beverage and, and learn, right. And share. And, and I think, um, you know, I was talking, I've been talking to people about this for the last few days. We, we have, because we have so much enjoyed working from home or remote or whatever you want to call it, we have really taught ourselves to believe that you can be really effective in the workplace without being face to face. And you can, but you cannot be as effective in the workplace. You cannot get those snippets, those tiny moments of brilliance, unless you are face to face. Someone could say a word, a, a sentence in just the right order at just the right moment that they, they can't say in an in a environment like this that can be a breakthrough for you. I've seen it. I've done it. It continues to be effective. I hear people raving about it all the time now that more and more people are getting face to face. Don't underestimate the power of getting face to face with people and take the opportunity. I don't care if you're a Fortune 100 company or you're one person with a, with an online store selling hacky sacks. Does anybody remember hacky sacks? <laughs> right? Or or if you're if you're a cheesecake salesperson looking for retailers who need great, dense, traditional 
cheesecake, you can learn something at the at this show. Supply chain 360. John, that is quite a testimonial. Great. I feel well, like I've been is. evangelized for 360. <laughs> I, I get, uh, I, well, I mean, I, you know, I've done it so many times. I've been there. I mean, I have experienced it as a practitioner and as a service provider, and it is it's un, unbelievably effective. Mm. Um, and especially now when it will be a revelation to people, you know, for them to get back face to face and see the power of that. Um, I think people might get more out of it than they would have two mm. or three years ago, John, right? Because we had kind of, we had kind of taken for granted that now we'll see the difference that it can make because we haven't had that interaction for the last couple of years. Chomping at the bit, John, John Gold, chomping at the bit for Supply Chain 360. Uh, you're, let, let's make sure folks, wait, wait a second, two final questions. Yeah, wait a second, you got to get back John to the Dolphins. Gold. That's right. Give me, we're going to make sure folks can connect with you here in just a second. Uh, I know you do a lot of keynoting, you do a lot of event hosting, you do a lot of interviews, and and you know, folks should add you to their network for sure. Give me a bold prediction for the 2022 football season. What, give me, what's Miami's record going to be? <sighs> I, I, I'm, I'm, how many games are we played now? 18? I've forgotten how many games. Oh, that's right. Are we adding? Yeah, we added 18, or 18. Did we add another game this season? I, I thought I thought it was like a one. I, I thought it was going to They were adding one game out. last year and add yeah. another game next year or something like that. I, I, so let's let's assume, let's assume, John, for the sake of your your uh, prediction, that we're still playing 17 games next year. What would your uh, I'm going to say 11 and six. Wow. Okay, man. My, my, my only concern is whether or not Tua can hit Tyreek Hill as he's streaking down the sidelines. Yeah. Man. Um, All right, Greg, 11 well, and six, he, he says. He, he's a short receiver. So he's not, you know, he's not a real deep threat, which is good. I think for Tua, right. Um, I think he'll hit him plenty. I mean, if you look, if you look John at some of the passes that Patrick yeah. Mahomes hit, Tyreek with, they weren't the greatest passes in the world. It was just Tyreek was wide open. Yep. <laughs> he is 80 yeah. yards down the field. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to make sure folks. But they can let him make it happen. Right. Rhonda, it's a great one. Prince, who's in the Hall of Fame. What a great one. And Dr. Wow, Rhonda, great to great have one. you here today. Okay. So, John, we've covered a lot of ground. I really have enjoyed. You know, we started talking cheesecake. Then we kind of took a very well-rounded holistic uh, aspect of what's going on in global supply chain, including some of the things that you're seeing companies do today, the many retail leaders, as well as some of the things that you'd like to see more of. And then, of course, we gave folks an, an outstanding opportunity to get back out in person. As, as Greg said, folks are chomping at the bit to um, you know, press the flesh and you know break bread in person. And, and Supply Chain 360 not only is going to offer that, but, but are going to offer many uh, outstanding keynotes, I'll call it, on the circuit. But many folks that you know that that are given a platform that folks need to hear from, uh, and I love that mix. It looks like y'all taking a very deliberate mix there mm -hmm. and creating the um, kind of the speakers bureau. But how can folks connect with the golden voice of retail, Mr. John Gold? How can folks connect with you? Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, go to the the NRF website for all kinds of information. What NRF is doing, uh, www.nrf.com. My email address, and I'm happy to take questions, comments conversation gold j at nrf.com and uh, i think as you guys know i'm uh, you know on twitter quite a bit so uh at john gold dc is uh, is my my call name i guess my twitter name 
let's make sure that's such a great call out. Uh, John is a wonderful Twitter, Twitter person to follow, Twitter to follow, I guess. Um, so if, if we can, Amanda, Catherine, Chantel, if we can make sure we drop that link in there, uh, I get, I love your, the trade updates uh, in particular, especially back when, when the, the, tra- the tariff situation was really front and center and, and, and hourly. I mean, I love your take. Uh, you're able to take very complicated uh, stories, developments, uh, ongoing, and really, I, th- I think, you know, share POV that anyone can understand okay. and including what steps that business leaders should be taking uh, as an industry. So I appreciate All that. On Twitter too. Yeah, on Twitter. That's, um, that's really distilling it down. <laughs> you, you 148 characters. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Dolphins are going 11 and 6 next year. Uh, uh, NRF is uh, helping to solve many of the challenges and helping to drive many of the conversations to solve uh, old new challenges across supply chain. And to, to uh, top it off as homemade uh, whipped cream on top of that dense cheesecake, we've got great events like Supply Chain 360 that, that enables folks to connect and hear from some of the, the movers and shakers across industry. So once again, John Gold, one of our favorites, uh, longtime repeat guests from the National Retail Federation. Thanks so much for your yeah. time here today, John. Thank you, John. Thanks, guys. Enjoy it as always. We'll see you in Cleveland. Good seeing you. All right. Sounds good. Bye-bye. Always on the money, John Gold. We've got his Twitter. That's his Twitter. Yeah. Seriously. At John Gold DC. So y'all check that out. I promise you, if you love supply chain and all things supply chain, all things retail, especially, that is an excellent uh, Twitter profile to follow. Greg, what a wide-ranging conversation with one of our favorite repeat guests. But I'm looking forward to this event coming up in June. Just what, three weeks away, four weeks away. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a fantastic, uh, you know, all the, all the reasons we've already talked about, but not the least of which is to understand that NRF is an advocacy group, right. For retail, the retail trade, and that it is the premier, my opinion, the premier um, retail advocacy trade organization for retail on the planet. I mean, people come from all over the world, even other associations around the world come to the big show or come to NRF events to, to meet and, and understand how retail is done. So look, if you're anywhere in the area or can get to the area, don't miss it, especially if you're a retailer, because it, it, there are a ton of valuable resources and opportunities for information gathering. That's right. Many groups claim influence many groups claim prestige and then other folks bring a hundred thousand New York and get legislation passed to further the industry. And that is, right. uh, uh, that's certainly what John and the NRF team do. So y'all check out the event and big thanks to all the folks that join. Oh, we couldn't get everybody's comments here today. We we're, we we're touched on so many different topics, but make sure you connect with John and NRF team and, and check out supply chain 360. Greg, we will see you later tomorrow. Safe travels. Yes. yes. And then on Saturday, we're going to take a little money off your father-in-law. Sorry. Uh, oh, no. Hey, and, and time well spent. Time well spent uh, with <laughs> folks uh, in the great state of South Carolina. So looking forward no to that. Doubt. Big thanks again to Catherine Chantel and Amanda behind the scenes to help make production happen. Big thanks to John Gold and our friends at NRF for what they do for industry. Hey, big thanks to everybody that showed up in the cheap seats, uh, the skyboxes, and, and shared your take uh, of what's going on today across supply chain. With all of that said, be sure to check out these resources we've shared here today uh, on behalf of our entire team at Supply Chain Now. Scott Luton and Greg White signing off for now. 
but challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.